Hello and welcome to the Hope Transforms podcast. I'm Jeff Atwood. I'm the executive director for Hope Smiles. Hope Smiles is a not-for-profit um, organization based in Nashville, Tennessee. We are focused on awakening hearts and transforming lives through dentistry around the world. And, and we believe that just as a core value of our organization, that in addition to providing care to the underserved and underreached communities, um, that in order to be generationally sustainable, we have to be anchored in commitment to developing the next generation of oral health leaders. And that's what we do in our work um, in Haiti and Uganda and, and here in the U.S. Our, our, our goal is to make sure that, that as we care for people and, and provide care and, and do that in a way that's sustainable, we have to be growing up that next generation of leaders. And so the purpose of our podcast is to share some of the experiences and stories from how we serve in, in those places that I just mentioned, Uganda and Haiti and in the United States. And, and so today we have a really, really special guest on the podcast today. He's coming to us from Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And so um, I'm really, really honored that, that our Haitian director, Dr. Serge Richet, is joining us today. Good afternoon, Dr. Serge. Hey, good, good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And yourself? I'm well, thank you. Good. Thanks for joining us. Hope Smiles has, has had a presence in Haiti for years, and, and we've, we've partnered with different organizations. But last year, we aligned ourselves with Sean Penn's organization, Core Response, to partner with them and, and have a dental clinic. And it was about that time that Dr. Serge joined us. And so we've been able to work with him for the last year or so. And he's, he and he's done an amazing job leading his team. There's been, you know, we, we're all aware of the challenges that have had have been active in, in Haiti for for decades it feels like and some of those have, have rid their heads in the last year or so but Dr. Serge has done a great job leading the team and the clinic and and so we're thankful for him so today I just want to spend a little time and, and let let all of you listening to the podcast get to know um, Dr. Serge a little bit so Dr. Serge just we're going to just jump in and and maybe just tell us all a little bit about yourself. Where where did you grow up, Serge? Where were you born and where did you grow up? Well, um, well I was born and raised in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Um, I, I live in a, neighbor, in a neighborhood of Port-au-Prince called Fermat. It's up the hills near um, um, a really, I can say a historic monument is Fort Jacques. Was a was a piece that was built um, after the Haiti after Haiti's independence. Okay. And so, that, so you that's sort of where you live now in that area. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then tell tell us about your family. Yeah, I, I think you, you live with your, your your folks. Is that correct? Yes, I do live with my family. I live with my father and my mother, and I have one sibling, a a, a younger sister. I'm five year old five year older than her. Okay. Um, how, how did you, how did you decide to be a dentist? Is somebody in your family a dentist or, or how did, how did you end up um, pursuing that path? Well, um, this was, this is always a very, um, I can say a funny story that I always tell when they ask me that question, because okay. when I was young, around six or seven, um, I had a dream about um, living in a house. Um, I had a, a gray car. I, I kind of remembered that was a BMW. And <laughs> I, in, that, in that dream, I was a dentist. 
and I always um, wanted to be on dentists that day. But growing up, um, while um, near the end of high school, by that time I wanted to be a pharmacist. But um, when okay. you finish high school, you got the you got the possibility to um, enter um, multiple um, faculties, and I chose both dentistry and pharmacy because I wanted to be part of the health system of that country, of my country, but I wanted to do something practical. I didn't want it to be a doctor, just sit behind a desk and just do consultations and prescribe medicines. I wanted to do something that I could really um, put my hands on it. And that was why I chose pharmacy and, and dentistry to enter one or the other. But um, I got lucky. I had um, friends, um, friends of my family that really um, listened to me, listened to what I wanted to do. And they told me that um, it would be more suitable for me to go into dentistry instead of pharmacy because I was able to enter both faculties. So um, I entered um, dental school um, by September 2007 and I never regretted taking that decision. Mm -hmm. So, so tell me about 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 training in, in Haiti, Serge. So you so you graduate from high school and then you go straight into to the specialized training. Yes, actually, when you finish high school, you go straight um, to um, the training, the faculty that you want to. You you um, um, contrary at, uh, uh, than other countries where you really have to um, have a degree before you go to the specialized training. Um, here you do five years of dental school and one year mm -hmm. of social service. That's um, one year where you pay back the state for studying in the state university. So during that last year, you spend a year in a, in a public health structure where you give back to the country. Mm -hmm. so, so, you, so you graduated high school at age 18? Is that... Is that where you graduate high school that age? Is that similar yes, to the U.S.? Yes, yes, 18 or I think it's 18 or 19. I don't, I don't remember quite. I graduated okay. in seven. Yes, yes, around 18. Okay. And then, I'm not and, really, then, and then you went on. To, you're not good at math. Yeah, and, and then I'm not really that good at math. <laughs> okay. Um, and so, and then you, so you went on to, and you went to dental school, um, in Port-au-Prince, is that correct? In, in Port-au-Prince, yes. I stayed, I did my training in Port-au-Prince. Yeah. I did five years at the State University of Port-au-Prince of Dentistry. How big is the, is the dental school in Haiti, Serge? Uh, well, it's. Compared to a lot of places, a lot of other universities, even in Port-au-Prince, it's quite small. Mm -hmm. We have okay. rooms for, um, or actually the dental school, because of the small structure, I'll just take um, around between 25 and 30 um, students for the first year. And um, the first year is, uh, I can say it's... Uh, eliminative here because if you don't pass you get kicked out but mm -hmm. um so you can most and most most times we have around 20 20 students up fr from the second year to the last year 
And so the, tw- so, so about five students or so that, that yes. start that don't finish year one. And then, um, so about, so is, is the school in Port-au-Prince the only dental school in Haiti? Legally, yes, Be- um, because there's okay. other, stru- okay. yeah, because there are other structures um, teaching dentistry, but they're not yet really um, in line with what the Ministry of Health um, demands to really give them okay. the license to practice yeah. after. But um, the de- the state um, dental school has an exam that allows allows them if they pass the exam to really obtain uh, the license to practice. Okay. So, so, but the great majority of, of dentists who, who um, begin practicing in, in Haiti are going to come through the, um, through the state state school school. like you did. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so, so in, in your year, I guess it would be year six really Mm -hmm. of, of, well, not year five is is you complete your training, you become a dentist, mm-hmm. and then year six you did the public service. Tell me, tell me about that and and kind of how that impacted your approach to dentistry. Um, I got lucky because um, well, um, I was able to really choose the place where I wanted to go. I did mm-hmm. my hair social service in Kunj. Um, it's in the center department of Haiti um, in a structure administrated by, by partners in health at that, at that time. And I was really able to um, have a bigger view of the health system, more especially in this district, because I was able to see patients um, coming from all around the country just because they knew um, the history of partners in health in that in that area they really wanted to have the best care for themselves and when i got there it was it was for free if you got if anything that you wanted to be done for you at the clinic was free and a lot of people from all around the country even even people you can say that had money um came from different cities to have um to receive health care in that clinic Okay. Did you, did you like working in, in the public health arena? I'm not, I'm not sure I want to say that I like it, but I feel that what I'm doing is important because yeah. working in the public health system here in Haiti comes with a lot of frustrations. Sometimes um, because of, sometimes the patient cannot afford um, the care you want to provide or sometimes the, um, because of the, of the lack of materials, you cannot really give the full um, care that you wanted to give to that patient. Sometimes you have to comp- do a lot of compromise to not on, to not um, lose your principles, but also for that patient to be able to wait until they can do um, what's perfect for them. Sure. So yeah. So you you're just trying to to kind of make do with what you have and that sort of thing. And it wasn't always as um, yeah, it's not, it's not always um, a beautiful side of the story. Sure. Well, well, we're glad that you found your way to hope smile, Serge. You know, you can, you have certainly done a great job um, with our team there. And so what I'd love to do is, is talk for a few minutes about two different things. One is, is um, kind of how we, 
the care we provide at the at the clinic in Port-au-Prince in conjunction with um, with Core. But I want to I want to talk about it in, in two different ways because we're at this crazy juncture in time where um, the the function of of the of the clinic is is um, is very different than what it is normally. And so I want to talk about the, the care we deliver two different ways. First, in non-COVID-19 times. And then secondly, to talk a little bit about what we do during COVID. And so, so let's, let's, let's go back in time, 90 days. And, um, yeah. and t- tell, me, tell me about what services the clinic offered during normal times. Um, during normal times, uh, um, I, I want to say that we offer, uh, not because it's a public, health, a public health structure, that we're not giving the best care that we can. We are one of the public health structure that is more competitive than a lot of private practices in Port-au-Prince because we offer a ba- uh, all basics, uh, all the basics, uh, we do cleanings, restorations. We even do root canals for um, the interior teeth. Um, we do mm-hmm. not do uh, root canals for now for the posteriors because we are really trying, well, we were uh, really trying to work to bring another dentist in the team to have um, the more power, more, um, how can I say, how can I say that? Uh, more hands. Um, on right. deck to provide care, be- but mm-hmm. but because right now with one that is a little bit complicated, but um, we are really doing our, the best that we can, and we have um, all the proper materials that we have in the clinic, and like I said, we are co- really competitive, and someone f- can cannot really compare us with a lot of private practices in Port-au-Prince. Right, because yeah, you guys offer a high level of care at a, at a very, very affordable price. And so, so, um, where, do, where do your patients come from, Serge? Are they all right there in Port-au-Prince or do they travel or, you know, how, how do folks get to you and why do they come to you? We mostly uh, serve the population of Delmas 32 where the clinic is based, mm-hmm. but I've seen patients from Cap Haitian. I've seen patients from Jeremy. Um, so we have people really traveling hundreds of miles to come to the clinic because and, and, why, and why, not, why is that? I think um, this is something that has to do with the Haitian mentality also, because I'm not saying they don't trust um, the Haitian dentist, but when they know that there's a structure that is backed up with a, uh, um, a foreign organization, they trust them mm-hmm. better. And also, right. there's also the fact that we don't charge that much money for our services. We are practically right. charging um, a quarter of what um, you can be charged in a private practice for um, sometimes better service. Right. Well, and I think that some of that goes back to, to what some of the core values of of hope smiles is we want to we believe that there's value in in people paying for a piece of their care um if they can Mm -hmm. but also that yes instills a sense of 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 quality care that they're being provided it's not just a 
a, a public health clinic that's there, but it's it's really a clinic that's that's providing high quality care at a, at a very, to your point, a very affordable cost. Yeah. So 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 let me ask you this: what what then are so go back to what you just said before? You mentioned a couple of areas of of, of Haiti. Folks listening to this may not understand the geography. So how how far? You know, Capation, and I forget what the other one you said was, but how far um, are people well, coming? Uh, Cap Capation um, and public tra transportation is around is around a six or eight hour drive. So practically, mm -hmm. um, the people travel the day before to Port-au-Prince. They stay at a fam. They stays at a family, and in the morning they come to the clinic. Same for mm -hmm. um, Jeremy. Jeremy, it's in the south. In, in the southwest of the country, um, it's further than Cap Haitian. I can say maybe two more hours, uh, um, around eight to ten hour drive, and mm -hmm. they they do travel those long distances to come to the clinic. So, so it really, sometimes is is a three day trip in order to see the dentist, and you know, a day to travel, a day to be there, and then a day to travel back. And I think that's you know, the reason that people are willing to do that is because they trust the quality of the care, right? Yes, exactly. So, so Serge, tell me, um, what are some of the biggest challenges you faced providing care in Haiti? Um, I, I think some, sometimes it's the, it's the lack of materials because, um, be, um, you know, Haiti is a small country and everything takes time. So sometimes you need something and it takes three weeks for the, for the, um, the place that where you usually buy it to really have it in stock and so you can get it back. And sometimes it's more frustrating, a little more um, little frustrating things. There's a power shortage or some, uh, sometimes there's no water because um, they didn't deliver um, water um, for a week or something. Yeah, the ironic thing was yeah. as we were recording this today that you're talking about challenges and, and your internet acts up. But I, I think that's that's one of the things that, that's been, you know, and, and, and kudos to you and the team because historically Hope Smiles has, has used groups traveling down to Haiti to, to sort of fill in with su supplies and, and it's just not been possible over the last eight or 10 months just because of some of the unrest that's going on. And so, so, so um, let, let's talk for a minute then about um, kind of how things are different during COVID-19. And so, you know, 90 days ago we had a, we had a busy clinic and we were open, you know, all throughout the week and, and saw patients and you, you and your assistant, Dr. Carla and, and the team were seeing all these patients. Um, fast forward to, you know, April and May when, when mm -hmm. things have been shut down. Um, but, but you're not a hundred percent shut down, right? Well, um, I think we spent um, three weeks um, fully shut down. Yes. And because we really needed to assess the situation and really know where we, how we're going to move forward. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked um, on an emergency protocol with the help of Dr. Ryan. And 
right now we only see emergency cases. Um, we, in our protocol, we have defined what are really the emergencies of if the patient has pain, the, the patient has pain, it cannot sleep, or it's really a matter to do the extraction or a, a temporary feeling right away just to ease up the pain. So in the different um, situations and the protocol to really uh, do only emergencies. And we are open um, maximum, I can say twice a week, so mm -hmm. that we really can limit our movements in, in the city and also not only protect the staff, but also protect the patients. Right, I think you know, that's, that's, that's a great point, Serge, and I think that you referenced earlier, um, the safety protocol, <coughs> excuse me, the safety protocols developed, uh, initially developed by Dr. Ryan Shinska, who's our lead dentist in, in Uganda, and they've got a, a bigger team, and they do outreaches and that sort of thing, so they had to get a little bit further ahead in terms of some of the protocols, but, but yes, we have to make sure we're protecting the patients, but at the same time, you you and, and your colleagues need to make sure you're protecting the staff as well, right? Yes. And so what does that what does that mean? How how does that you know, we've heard all sorts of discussions in the US about PPE and the need to, to have all the all the gear and stuff at hospitals primarily, but but what does that mean for you in terms of how you approach each patient surge? Well, um, for now we have all the um, the PPE and other protections that are available with us at the clinic, and we really um, do try to minimize the exposure of the patients and also ourselves to the possible um, contamination to the virus, and we really um, re um, really enforcing um, the measures from not only the CDC, but also the ADA. And so we can really stay on the safe side of the situation. Good, good, that's good. That's super important. So thanks for, for what you're doing. So let's assume um, that at some point later this year, you know, who knows when it is, mm -hmm. that we can resume you know, I would say normal activities, not, not, not going back to the way it was before, because I think things are, are, are different, but what, what do you see as the biggest opportunities for, for Hope Smiles Haiti, Serge, and, and for your team? Well, um, I'm not, um, I'm not going to say that because I'm a mon um, optimistic person, but I feel that when things quote unquote, come back to normal, we're gonna really have the possibility to really expand our reach, our outreach in the, in the community. Because mm -hmm. while the clinic is closed, um, or really only seeing um, emergency cases, from what I've been hearing with the security guards um, staying at the clinic, there's a lot of people that still try to come to the clinic and seems it seems like the numbers are growing day by day so um i think we can we have the possibility to have a bigger clinic um when things comes back to normal mm -hmm. yeah I, th I think you're right and we're having some of the same discussions 
even about some of the work that we do here in the United States and in Tennessee specifically is, you know, you and Haiti and the same applies to Uganda and, and wherever else we serve, we're serving communities that are underserved, right? Yes. That, that are under-resourced, that don't have as much care. And then, and then you just, you do two different things. One, you, you completely um, take the option for care away, you know, for you guys for three weeks, it was about that in, in Uganda as well. And it's, it's even a little longer in the U S you take away all access to care for a period of time. And then for the next period of time, which you're in right now, you, you diminish it rapidly. So, I mean, maybe, maybe 10% of, of the care that you would provide in a typical week you can do now. And, and then you add to that the economic challenge. And I think Serge, you're exactly right. When we are back to normal, whenever that is, the the need is going to be even greater than it has been, don't you think? Yes, yes, that's that's what I'm. Thinking. Yeah, so yeah, so that's that's going to be the opportunity for us is is to when when things get we're we're able to safely open up more fully, the the need is is going to be greater and and the opportunity to service is even larger. So I think I think you're exactly right to be thinking about that and so hey Serge before before we let you go um, and get on with the rest of your day um, we, we we try to wrap up every podcast with um, a transformation story we at, we at Hope Smiles are about doing work that is transformational in people's lives we want to change their life we want to help people change their career we want to help them change their outlook we want to help them change their heart and so have you got a, a transformation story that, that you could maybe share about a patient that's been, um, it's been really impactful to you or to your team? Yes. Um, remember quite at the, at the beginning that I really started working at the core clinic. Um, we, we had a patient that came from Lekai and Lekai, it's around, it's in the south, in the southeast of Port-au-Prince. Um, it's around 100 miles from Port-au-Prince. Um, he had to travel uh, the day before to come to the Port-au-Prince and the, 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 uh, the next day to come to the clinic. And he needed um, restoration for the six interiors. And because he really needed to get back to his city because he's not from Port-au-Prince, he heard from the clinic by a friend of him that came to the clinic and went um, to see her family um, in Lekai. So I really needed to do the six interiors for him that same, that same day. And after working for him, um, he, he was so happy of the change that happened on his mouth and on his face, he told us, um, me and Dr. Carla, my assistant, that that was the first time that he really smiled in years, in years. So mm -hmm. that really moved me to see that um, someone um, really needed that change in his life and I was able to do it because he took, um, that long trip 
to come to the clinic and uh, get the care that he needed. That's perfect, Serge. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's that's exactly why you and your team do the work you do that that Ryan and his team do the work they do that the others of of the Hope Smiles family do here in the US is the ability to be transformational to to you know to help somebody smile that is not smiled in years to have hope that they did not know that existed and so thanks Serge thanks to you for for all that you and and, and the team do there um I just want to say um, to everybody who's listening, you know, if you want to learn more about what we do at Hope Smiles, you can go to our hope to our website at hopesmiles.org. Uh, you can um, see some of the stories like the Serge was telling you right there. Um, you can sign up for some emails to learn about it. You know, if you want to um, subscribe to this podcast, you can um, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe like us you can review the podcast you know we'd love to know that folks are listening if you have any questions or thoughts about us please do that and um and we would just invite you to 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 come closer into the work that we at hope smiles are doing um to to as as serge was just talking about to 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 make changes that are truly transformational in people's lives and so thirds thanks thanks for joining us today well thanks for the opportunity jeff Absolutely. Appreciate all the work that you and your team are doing. And and everybody, thanks for joining us. And we will talk to you all again next time on the Hope Transforms podcast. Thanks and have a great day.